This is Confessions of a Pastor. A relentlessly real peek behind the scenes of Journey Church in Bend, Oregon. From church in a strip club to a strip mall. Going where Jesus would go to reach people Jesus would reach. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All for the glory of God. A journey of misery and miracles. Your hosts are the founders, Pastor Keith and Kara. There really is hope for everyone. We are back, everyone. Back from the frozen tundra that we call home. (laughs) Central Oregon. That's right, everyone. We are going to blame the cold weather on the lack of productivity on this podcast the last few weeks. Yes, we have been in Ice Mageddon. Yes. We've had teenagers home for approximately the last two weeks. Yes, school has been canceled day after day. (laughs) And normally, friends, we record this podcast from home, which we're doing right now at the kitchen table. But we normally do it when the kids are at school. Right. But practically every day this week, there was a cancellation. And the kids were ecstatic. They were. They were pumped every day. They, they would wake up as if it was Christmas, like, woohoo. No school. And deep down inside, we're like, oh, man. Right. Well, that's all good. They're good kids. They're but... great kids. But it just interrupts rhythms it in does. life. This is true. But we're back, everybody. We are dethawing like the rest of the country. In fact, it seemed like most of the country was under some type of storm watch. And here we are now defrosting, and we're back in action, everyone. Yes. So we got yes. a lot of lot to catch up on, Kara. I want to start by acknowledging on the last podcast, I alluded to a book that both of us have been reading. I've been listening to it on Audible, and I've come to a conclusion to the end of the book, and I forgot to mention it. I wanted to somewhere in the podcast at least acknowledge the book and the author because it had been speaking to us on spiritual warfare and all things related, but I forgot got. We did have a few people ask about it, and so I want to mention it now before we go too far, because I always get ADHD, D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D, and so I don't want to confuse anybody on what we mentioned. The book is Spiritual Warfare by Dr. Carl Payne. That is Spiritual Warfare with the subtitle, Christians, Demonization and Deliverance. Demonization is really the author's articulation of what many people call demon possession. As the author will point out, that's really a, a, um, a misunderstood idea of demons and what happens. So uh, I found it fascinating. Kara, what do you think about this book? Oh, it's been highly educational for me. I think we've been on this journey of uh, going deeper in um, spiritual warfare, I would say. I think based on you know, getting beat around by the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's taken us on a on a journey, and um, this book has been it's brought a little bit of more more clarity and understanding to what it means to be um, you know demonized or be oppressed versus come on possessed. You know, things like that. It's just been really an education. Um, and then also, you know, he also very clearly, um, states there's three, there's three things essentially that wage war against us is our flesh, it's the world and it's demons. And, and it is important to, to sometimes decipher between what the devil or is it just something I want? Yeah, is it? That would be the flesh. Yeah, exactly. So he he makes those distinctions, which are, which are very helpful. Yes. Um, and I just think it's a really, um, solid book from Mm -hmm. a practitioner. Yes, and 
the author comes from a, a conservative background. He's got multiple degrees from Talbot Seminary, which would be more conservative. That's, uh, I believe, Biola University. And yet he has no problem addressing the spiritual realm, which typically there's, there's two sides of the spectrum that go on the extreme. There's, of course, the one extreme that abuses yes. or misuses uh, the spiritual realm, meaning both demons and all things spiritual. Yes. And then there's the opposite extreme, which from our background often ignores right. and doesn't address the very real reality that the Bible is clear yeah, from the beginning to the end. We have an enemy. We are living in both the natural and the spiritual realms. Yes, yes. And if all we focus on is the natural, we will miss the war that has already been won by Jesus, Yes. but we will not walk Amen. in the authority of that victory. And right. as a result... Uh, not understand why things are happening in the world, in both our private lives and the world in general. Yeah. And, in uh, fact, one of the the there's three key components when um, when you're helping someone essentially um, or, or testing whether someone's ready to actually um, be, for lack of a better word, have some type of deliverance right. of uh, of demonic activity in their life. And the third one, that there's like three litmus tests, right? Number one, you have to be a Christian. They have to believe that Jesus is their, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Savior. They're born again. Confess Jesus is Lord. Right. Um, and then um, uh, number two, they have to be willing to confess all their sin. Right. Not compartmentalize Complete it. Complete honesty. Say, yeah. Not say, I'm willing to confess these, but I'm going to keep this one. Yeah. Be 100% willing to confess all sin. The third mm -hmm. is... Um, uh, gosh, where was I going with that? No, I lost my train of thought. Um, what were we just talking about? I don't know, but the third, I believe, is renouncing yes. those, those demons, all things, including oh, I know what it generational. Was. Yes, it is. And uh, uh, the second part of that is standing in victory that Jesus is the victor. Yes. And so in him, we have the victory. Over all things. Yeah. Yes. So because we can be born again, we can c confess it, but if we don't actually believe that, mm -hmm. that we have victory over the demonic, yes. then we're going to still live in defeat. Yes. I totally agree. So that's our book report, Friends for Spiritual Warfare by Dr. Carl Payne. Uh, so if you're interested in those things, I would highly suggest or recommend it. There are a myriad, in fact, uh, a plethora of, of books right now on spiritual warfare. Uh, but this one I, I, I found was a really good balance. And if you would like to be set free or have a better understanding of these things, that's a book we both recommend. Yeah. Uh, in fact, this this year has been just a, a great year of growth and understanding of all these things, and and we're starting to see that fruit at Journey as well. Right. Which is awesome. Tell the story um, about the gal who uh, you know you helped deliver. Yeah. From some pretty you know things that had a, a stronghold in her life. So a, a little background, uh, Pastor Luke. And myself, we did a pulpit swap back in November. Uh, pastor Luke is the lead pastor of Journey Church in Redmond, and we launched Journey Church in Redmond in 2020. They're completely autonomous and independent. We just share church names, vision, culture, values. But we're uh, outside of that, we, we operate independently. So we decided to keep that unity and camaraderie or uh, history and fellowship, if you will. We, we switched, and he preached at Journey and Bend, and I preached in Redmond. Uh, he has three morning services, and I believe is after the second, maybe the third uh, service. I, 
I uh, offered myself available for prayer just near the platform. And there was already prayer teams there. And I had a gal come up to me uh, who had just been prayed over with her husband with the person on the prayer team. So I thought she was just coming over and mention something about the sermon. And she asked me just very innocent or naively, I don't know how to best put this, but just kindly, she just says, do you know where I could get deliverance or who does deliverance or where to be delivered from demons? And I'm like, well, you're asking this so kindly, but tell me more. Like, what what are you asking for? Is it for someone else or what are you looking for? She's like, no, it's for me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let's do this right now. (laughs) You know, and I Deep down in my mind, I was thinking, let's do this later. Let's do this another time. Let's have someone else do this. But uh, I just walked her through all those processes that you just mentioned that Dr. Carl Payne mentions in his book. And this was actually prior to reading it. I just asked her, is she born again? Is she believed in Jesus? She confessed yes. I asked her specifically what she wants delivered from. And she expressed that she had dabbled so much in the new age Mm -hmm. spiritual movement. And then we went through all the aspects. She talked about uh, psychic readings that she performed. She had tarot cards, crystals, mm-hmm. whole slew of things that she had immersed herself into, and yet she was being tormented by demons yeah. and was ready to be set free. Yeah. She'd been reading her Bible, been listening to worship music. Now, time out here. What I didn't know at the time when I was interacting with her is she had attended Journey Church in Bend back in, I believe, 2019 when we were going through the Romans oh. series. She'd been a few times, and she received a, a Bible from us, oh, cool. a New Believer's Bible. So yeah. that was the Bible she had. Mm. And when she was being tormented, she turned to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And she knew what the truth was. She yeah. confessed Jesus as Lord. She was newly married. They had a, like a, a brand new baby together with her husband. And she wanted to be set free from this, but she still had everything in her house. So... <laughs> Long story longer, friends, I prayed with her, and she was, uh, her hands were shaky. Um, uh, To the earlier prayer team person, she came up to do the same thing, to get deliverance, but she couldn't open her mouth. And so her husband just said, could you pray for us? And that prayer team person prayed for them. Well, I walked through deliverance with her just right there at church, after a church service. We did that. By the end of praying with her, her hands were totally calm. Mm. She thanked me, and uh, she asked about what's next. And we talked about baptism by by water, and she was going to do that next, and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Well, I moved on. I came back to Bend, and weeks have gone by. Well, a few weeks ago... She emailed me a long email mm-hmm. saying, I want to thank you because I, I, I was delivered that day. Mm-hmm. I have peace in my life. So cool. Uh, I have a freedom. I have joy. I have life abundantly. Mm-hmm. And that's when she told me the story that she had been okay. uh, to Journey and Bend and received a Bible was in this email. And I was just so grateful because you don't always get to hear the follow-up stories. Right. And we had someone else in our church recently, in fact, he's probably going to be listening, who recently went through deliverance, and he's been on my heart, and I've been praying for him, and then he writes me back, uh, not back, excuse me, I was praying for him this morning, and he writes me just Mm -hmm. this morning, and I love this, and I'm just going to read a portion of what he said. He said, so grateful for this new sense of peace and quiet in my mind. Mm -hmm. I feel like haze has been lifted so that I can see God so much more clearly. I, and I just love that because awesome. that's what deliverance is. Yeah. It's actually a freedom from the lies yes. of the enemy. And all of a sudden, those things are removed and we can see more clearly. We're yes. set free. Yes. And it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. And as we mentioned on the last episode, 
I talked about what my word is for this year and it's deliverance. Yeah. Right. And it's in conjunction with salvation. Right. With salvation comes, comes deliverance. deliverance. Yeah. It's like one and the same to yeah. me. Salvation, deliverance, salvation, deliverance. Yeah. Because in my life, Kara, as a pastor and as a person who's followed Jesus, mm -hmm. I always understood salvation. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like I have the deeper understanding of the revelation that it's not just salvation. Yeah. It's salvation and deliverance. Yeah. It's like we've talked about word and spirit. Right. It's not about just getting in the Bible, go deeper, 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 deeper. Uh, and it's not about just having the Holy Spirit and no word. Right. It's a both and. Absolutely. You, you have all the knowledge and authority of God's word with the power yes. and the greatness of God himself, the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. And that's what I feel like we're, we're yeah. in right now. So I praise love it. God. I'm, I'm super excited because one of the things that I think we've talked about on here and that I've really um, walked through in the last few years is freedom. And I, that, that's whatever it, it just conjures up this word of freedom in my mind. And what I've, what I've also just recently been um, walking through is that uh, I have to continually uh, fight for my freedom. So it's an active That's right. uh, action of, of um, being proactively fighting for my freedom. Otherwise, if I'm not, the enemy will take ground in my life. That's right. And I'm going to turn around and I'm going to be like, what the heck happened? Yes. You know? So anyway, it kind of goes along with that. I, yes. I want nothing more than for any listener, anybody in my life, to experience the type of freedom that comes with Jesus, where the Come spirit on. of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on. And um, I've, I've experienced it, and it's amazing. And you do have to fight for it. And that, that, that's biblical language right there. Paul, at the end of his life, to Timothy, says, I have fought the good fight. Yeah. Now, if we were to take an analysis, what does he mean by fought the good fight? It is a war. Yes. And there's a song out on the radio right now that says, uh, I'm fighting a battle that's already been won. So it's already won. You have victory in Jesus. Right. But you still have to fight it. Yes. <clears throat> Without fighting it, the enemy wins. Yes. And, and you feel defeated. Exactly. And you do have that haze where you don't see clearly the hope that this has already been won, that yes. I have victory over this. I don't have to live in those lies. Yes. This is why the armor of God is so important in Ephesians chapter 6, that you stand firm against the enemy. Yeah. Or as Peter says, you resist the devil and the devil flees from you. Yeah. But if you don't do the resisting, if you're not on the offensive fighting yeah. that, well, then the devil's going to go after you. And there, there's a place of defeat there because you didn't see it coming. Right. You wonder where it was. Well, it was there all along. And if you, you know, we're studying the book of Ephesians, and if you look at the beginning of the book of Ephesians, which you're just, we're just barely starting, you, you preach through, the surface. right, the first few verses, but I feel like it starts with knowing who we are in Jesus. That's right. Like, if we know who we are, we Come know on. whose we are, yes. uh, then we, we understand the battle right. and the, the weapons that we actually, that he's actually been given or given to us. Absolutely. I completely agree agree. This morning I was thinking of this illustration and I may use this tomorrow. Uh, today is Saturday, friends. Tomorrow Sunday. Uh, and I've just been wrestling about how much or what I'm going to preach uh, for, for church on Sunday as we're in Ephesians chapter 1. I thought of this just illustration of just a, a dropper like you've been using with medicine. Yeah. Like an eyedropper type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like where you only get millimeters of, mm -hmm. of uh, liquid. And how the greatness of God and the understanding of who he is is really like the ocean. Mm -hmm. No one can really comprehend the ocean. Right. There are many parts of the ocean that no scientists 
or person ever alive has ever studied because that's the vastness and greatness yeah. of the ocean. It goes deeper than we understand. There's more creatures than we understand. There's, it's so vast and great. We, we, we know about it, and the more we explore it, the more uh, we understand how much we don't know. Yeah, right. And the beauty and the greatness and so forth. And I thought, like, I feel like when we're getting into the book of Ephesians, I'm taking an eyedropper yeah. and just giving one drop mm. of the ocean mm-hmm. of who God is. Mm-hmm. And how, how then do we explain this outside of going after God with, with everything all the time? We This has to be a constant. We right. can't compartmentalize God. Totally. He has to consume every waking moment of our lives. And when we do, we see that God is invited into everything and he is everything. And then we give him authority over everything. Yeah. And that actually, I think, I think we're, we're starting to see some movement and some traction and some breakthrough in that area in our church because Praise God. Um, we have, you know, kind of led the charge of uh, the, have, asking the church to read through the Bible in 2024. Right. We've done it in the past. This year, I've seen way more participation than I have in previous years. Yes. Um, you know, I, I'm sitting with a group of women on Monday nights for, for a Bible study, and I, I'm sitting around a group with 10 women that are, you know, saying, I'm getting into this, I'm getting, not all of them, but a lot of them, I'm actually getting into the Word for the first time ever, mm-hmm. ever. So what you talk about is, you know, y- y- you give what you can give on Sundays and, and, and people need to feed themselves. Yes. That's where I'm going with that. And we're seeing that. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it more than we've ever seen at Journey Church in 14 years. Yes. I'd probably say close to 70% of our church right now is reading through the Bible in a year. Yeah, which is amazing. And most people go through their lifetime and never read through the entire Bible. Yeah. But we have a reading plan. In fact, anyone can go through this. It's called a five-day reading plan. You can Google that, five-day reading plan. It's one of the better reading plans I've seen, I've, I've gone through the Bible a number of times through the year. I've gone through it chronologically. I've gone through the seven-day Bible reading plan. Uh, I've gone through a number of different ones, but I love this one because if you miss a day, as we both did this week, you're not overwhelmed in right. catching up. Yeah. It's really easy just on a makeup day to catch up from the day you missed. Yeah. The other and, thing I like about it is that it's, you're, you're, we're every single day we're in the Old Testament and we're also in the New Testament. So, and, and then sometimes in the Psalms too. Yes. So I think that's also really cool. Yes. So good. So if you want to do that, just, just Google five day Bible reading plan. I believe that's the website, five day Bible reading plan.com. Uh, we, we support the Patreon at journey church. That just means that we give them a small amount of money and we get resources, uh, prior to release and whatnot. And they allow anybody to publish or reprint or reproduce anything. It's actually just a great plan. So friends, if you're not in God's word, get into God's word so that you can get to know God. Yeah. And amen. then the hard part after that, and is, it's hard at first, but it gets easier with a habit or a rhythm, as yeah. we've been talking about, is obedience. Right. Now you've got to put God's word into yes. practice. Amen. Because information is not transformation. You've got to get into God's word, and then you have to act in obedience, and that's where the transformation happens. Yeah, which actually reminds me of uh, Rooted. We launched Rooted this week. Come on. Um, which in... I think is a, is a phenomenal, um, we call it a discipleship experience. Yes. Um, I have just talked to person after person after person who's gone through it, who it was very transformational for Come them on. in their journey. And, it, and, and it's for that reason is it, 
it teaches you the the rhythms of what it means to actually be a disciple of Jesus. And um, unfortunately, I feel like the American church has done a disservice to um, churchgoers. Yes. um, Thinking that, that being a Christian means just coming to church on Sunday, which is a part of it. Right. Being in community, uh, being in in the house of God is a part of it, but it's not all of it. And that's one of the things I love about Rooted is that it actually teaches the rhythms of discipleship. I completely agree. And Kara, I sense right now across America, not in every church, I don't even know if it's the majority, but there are churches that I'm sensing this rumbling of repentance. Yes. Recognizing that we have done a disservice, that we've tolerated sin for too long. We've tolerated complacency. We've tolerated what what the Lord Jesus says to the church in Laodicea, a lukewarm right, faith. Right. And now I'm sensing a passionate pursuit where the church, not not just Journey Church, but there are yes. a number of churches right now coming back to the reality saying, listen, following Jesus is all in or nothing. Right. This idea that we can compartmentalize and just have Jesus in some area of our lives and continue to have secret sin or, or, or just, you know, our closet sins or whatever the case is, that doesn't work. Yeah. That is, as Paul calls it in, in 2 Timothy 4, a powerless Christianity. Yeah. And I love Rooted for that reason. And Kara, I was like awakened this week to the reality that we we were going after Rooted tremendously pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we saw the fruit of it. Yeah. We saw lives change. We, we saw people baptized. We saw people set free from strongholds, yep. freedom from these strongholds of, that were holding them back. And it was so powerful. And then the pandemic hit and it, it shut down the world. Right. And the church around the world has been rocked because of the pandemic. So many churches in our own city of Bend closed their doors during the pandemic. So many. Yeah. All over the world shut their doors. Many of them have actually come out of the pandemic limping. They've mm. come out of it. Um, Sometimes that's not a bad thing, though. Like, Honestly, maybe it's the great shakeup. God uses all things. Well, and, and I'm, I'm getting to that point. This is exactly where I'm trying to get to. But my point is this. There were rhythms we were doing that were very healthy that we got out of yes. during the pandemic. And Rooted, I would say, is one of them. Sure. We did it last uh, two years ago when we were on sabbatical. We did not do it in 2023. And then... Now we're bringing it back. And my here's my point is I'm bringing it back with a vengeance. Like yeah. I'm, I'm saying being a disciple is so important yes. that if you confess Jesus is Lord, this is not an option. Yes. And I'm so stoked. So coming back to Tuesday night, we launched Rooted and that was the start of that big ice storm this right. week. And it was crazy. People were coming in saying, it took me an hour to yeah. drive a mile. Yeah, they were pretty took, shaken up when they walked through the doors. It took me 50 minutes to, walk, or to drive less than a mile. I mean, they were. They were shaken up, and we probably had 60% of, yeah. of the attendance yeah. th- that, that night. And I don't know if that's the devil. <laughs> you talk about the three things Dr. Carl Payne says, is the flesh, the world, right. or the enemy. There are some things that are part of nature that yeah. you know that we just and i say nature just meaning their natural part of of the world that we live in and you know where one person prays for snow another person prays that there's no snow so right. <laughs> i don't know whether or not that ice right? storm was uh, was a, uh, a direct result of the devil but i will say it's discouraging when we're launching something that's so impactful and because of something so natural people did not show up because 
they didn't want to show up. They yeah. didn't show up because it was literally unsafe. Right. People were sliding off the road. Yeah. They were wrapping cars around poles. I mean, it was so dangerous on Tuesday night. But people did show up. And I actually have seen three or four emails come through that said their groups on the opening night they, they were powerful. Awesome. Usually that takes two or three weeks yeah. to really start to see those yeah, um, yeah. type of emails. Yeah. So I, I'm really encouraged. If we have listeners that are part of Journey Church in any capacity, Rooted is essential yes. to your faith. And Rooted is not unique to Journey Church. Uh, many churches around the world use Rooted. It's adopted from a church in Nairobi, Kenya. And we, we love Rooted. It works. Yeah, uh, it does. Because we have to be reminded of those rhythms. If something is off in our life, which we've both experienced this many times in our lives, we could probably pause and say, I'm missing a habit, a rhythm, yeah. uh, an essential component of my relationship with Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. It's not Jesus that's off, right. even though it feels like it. Oh, right. God's distant. I'm not close. It's usually I'm out of rhythm. I'm out of whack. I need yeah. to readjust, realign my life somehow. Yeah. And Rooted is great for, for helping um, with those rhythms. You know, um, it, it really, you walk through it together in community. So it's not you doing the spiritual discipline necessarily alone. Yes. You, you do it throughout the week, but then you come together as a, as a group and, and you work through things together, which is really beautiful. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not intended to do life alone. And one of the greatest tools of the enemy is isolation. Yeah. As long as you think you're the only one struggling with ABC or you're the only one going through XYZ, then the enemy has won. Yeah. But when you get together with other people and you hear their stories of health problems, marriage problems, uh, children issues, addiction, or you hear someone's trauma and all of a sudden God gives you a heart of empathy. Yeah, There's just something yeah. beautiful that happens totally. in community. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great um, oh signs of health mm. is when you get your eyes off yourself. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I would, one of the revelations I got even this morning just rereading over and over and over Ephesians 1 is that this author, Paul, is such a genius. In chapter 1, the one thing he does before he starts talking about what our responsibility is, is he's getting our eyes off of absolutely. ourselves. Absolutely. Onto Jesus. Yes. Absolutely. It, yes. Because the, the longer you have your eyes on yourself, oh man, you could have a pity party for yeah. years. Yeah. Because things probably right. are as bad as you think right. they are. Actually, what, that reminds me of, uh, you know, I've, I've done a few studies by Christy McClellan and, and one of her main, one of the points that she continually makes is we need to stare at God and glance at ourselves. Come on. Because... And, if you glance, if you look at yourself too long in a mirror, you're going to get really up. You're going to get really like discouraged, oh, right? Totally. Like, don't get too close. Don't look too long. It's like those mirrors when you uh, go to a hotel or maybe uh, you're staying at someone's house or guest or Airbnb and they have one of those magnifying mirrors. Right, exactly. You That's know, what I envision. And yes. And you know, you look in the mirror and you can see your flaws. Then you look in that magnifying mirror yeah, like, what and the? you're like, I've got that many hair growing in that <laughs> totally. place. I've, those wrinkles are that deep right. or, or I've got that much gray hair or my pores are that gross. He's like, if you really stare at yourself, man, you become so insecure. Right. And the reason why is you're a terrible God. Right. You're not meant to put your hope in yourself. Yeah. God Amen. made you. He doesn't make mistakes. Put your eyes on him. And when you see yeah. the maker, you start to appreciate his creation a little yeah. better. Amen. But if you think you get to dictate who you are, 
course, you're going to go start to get plastic surgery and you're going to start to uh, augment your physical being because yeah. you become your own God. Yeah. But if you can just embrace who you are and, and, and keep your eyes on Jesus, the author, the founder, the perfecter, right. Ooh, that and changes I love also everything. What, you, what you said about being in community is that now, you, now we're sitting around the table with people that are... Um, talking about their struggles, they're talking about their sin, yes. they're talking about their trauma, and we can now come alongside and intercede in prayer mm. for each other. Yes. Um, we can build each other up. We can live life together. Come on. Uh, which is, it's it's huge. It's a part of being a Christian. It's, yes. it's a part of the way that God designed uh, His kingdom. Amen. Uh, to, to let people know that there's hope, there's hope, there's hope. Yeah, amen. The, the, the grandness of uh, darkness of staying in, in a really bad place is that you're stuck. There's no change. Yeah. This is where you have to be. Yeah. I will always be, and then fill in the blank. Yeah. Poor, single, sick, yeah. uh, depressed. You know, you stay in that Bitter. place. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hurt. Yep. And the enemy absolutely loves that. This is why you and I struggle every winter when it's gray day after day. Right. That you actually will begin to think this, this, there's no hope. Right. You know, and, and it's, that's a, it's a lie of the enemy. No, <laughs> spring is coming. Yeah. Summer is coming. There's something so powerful about that metaphor or that picture in scripture. Yes. Like it reminds me of the, the, the passage of Ecclesiastes. There's, there's, there's a time for all things there's, yes. there's a season for all things there's a time to, to to plant there's a time to uproot you know yes. like it just there's there's something really metaphorical about seasons i feel like and we we actually physically live them come on living in in central oregon where we live yes and it's it's actually like it's an in our face reminder that uh, winter can be hard but there's harsh hope yeah there, there's always hope because come spring on. is coming come on well we just read today mark chapter 15 it's the crucifixion of jesus christ which never gets old right. to read all that Jesus did for us, his beatings, his torture, the right. betrayal, totally. the drama unfolding between politicians, religious, even his own tribe, the people he had brought under his wing. And to read about that now, if that was the end of the story, I mean, thankfully, on Monday, we're going to get to Mark 16, which is... Oh, I is, actually read that. Oh, come on. <laughs> I couldn't stop at Mark 15. <laughs> Praise God. It's just this yeah. reminder right? that we're not stuck on Friday. Yep. Amen. It might be Friday, but and Sunday a, is coming. There's a resurrection coming. Or, or it's not just Saturday. I, I love in the book of Luke that that road of, uh, of to Emmaus, mm. you know, of just, I'm on a journey. My mm -hmm. head is down low and Jesus is with me on the journey and I don't even know it. Yeah. My heart is burning and it knows that there's more, but I don't know it until he opens my eyes to the resurrection. Right. Just he opens my eyes to the reality that he, he has risen. Amen. Oh, that changes everything. Right? So I pray today that someone who's stuck would hear this message of hope in Jesus Christ. Sometimes you do go through dark days. And we're also going through Genesis. Oh, you, man. You, you read that Joseph, he went through many, many dark right? days. If you just stay in the prison, if you just stay like, oh, woe is me. I was, I was trying to live for God and I ended up in the pit. I ended up in the prison. I ended up, if, if right. you just stay in that place, that's a miserable life. Yeah. But to have but God's favor with you. Yeah. Right. In the prison. 
to have God's favor with you wherever you go. Yeah. That's good because at the proper time, he's going to elevate you. Yeah. I mean, look at, absolutely. Look at Joseph's life. And, Come on. And then, like you said, fast forward to the end of the story and what the enemy intended for evil, God will work for good. Yes. That's, Joseph is one of my favorite stories, I think, because of, it's such a... Um, it's a picture of just like this crazy forgiveness, yes. you know, delusional forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a, it's a crazy story it and is. yet God worked it all for good. Praise God. Um, that one, that Joseph always, always, um, hits me hard. Amen. It, it's both personal and that we can immerse ourselves in the story and what we're going through. And then it also really points us to the person, Jesus, yeah. that Jesus came not, to be served, but to serve. Yeah. And that like is the image of Joseph. Here you have yeah. this guy that's innocent in every way. He serves as a, he starts as a slave, then as a servant. That's all he does is serve, serve, serve. Mm-hmm. And yet there's this picture of, 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 of who God is, mm-hmm. that God is perfect in all his ways. And yet he didn't have to do it, but he did. He came and he served us in the greatest of ways. Right. So crazy. So crazy. So wild in every way. You know, as we look forward to what God's going to do in both our lives and through his church, I I think that's going to be a major shift is that we're going to see a spirit of service unlike anything we've Mm. seen before. Mm -hmm. Uh, That we're going to see the spirit of Jesus. Of course, that's the Holy Spirit working through the church to do things that we couldn't imagine. And Mm. I I think we saw that in 2023 at journey, like we've never seen before, but when there's an outpouring of the spirit and Mm. there's that unity in that, explain what you mean. Well, I'm, I'm speaking of, well, I, we saw it a lot at pursuit night over and over and over. We saw, it felt so new Testament esque where Mm -hmm. there was a, a a physical need and then people yes. in the immediate moment. Yes. They didn't have to pray about it. They didn't wait weeks. Yes. And met the they need. met it. Yes, and I I'm agree. talking about uh, our, uh, a college-age student who is trying to go get trained in discipleship and go to a school of ministry who didn't have his funds. Yeah. I brought him forward and he got what, yes. two or three thousand dollars in minutes thrown at his feet. Yeah. I'm talking about a woman whose car was broken into yeah. uh, because she was visiting the sick in a hospital and her window was bashed in and things stolen. The church instantly provided. Yeah. I'm talking about refugees yeah. and immigrants from other countries coming into our church and tens of thousands of dollars yeah. being given right at their Amen. feet saying, we're going to make sure that you have food. We're yeah. going to make sure that you have cars. We're going to make sure that you're taken care of. Yeah. We're going to make sure that you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I mean yeah. by that. There's this this spirit of service yeah. that it, it, there's no longer like I, I need to pray about this. Yeah, it's it's, one, it's, it's a no brainer. It's one of our pillars at Journey, which we set a long time ago, but I don't think we really even grasped it at the time. We've got three pillars: we have faith in Christ, which is like the foundation, and then second is we we have hope and community yeah. that you don't do life alone. You don't do your faith alone. Then the third one is the mature disciple of Christ, which is love and compassion. And it's that movement of compassion that we would say comes from the Greek, splognos, Mm -hmm. this this imagery of uh, being moved to action. Mm -hmm. Literally, splognos is like, it's moved in the bowels. I have to move. I have to, or else I'm going to, I can't stay the same. And that's what Jesus did. It says he saw the crowds and he had compassion on them. He saw Jerusalem 
Jerusalem and he mm-hmm, wept. Mm-hmm. It's this idea that you're, you you see something that needs to be done and you don't just talk about it. Yeah. The world talks about yeah. it. The world criticizes the mm-hmm, church. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had a nickel for every time that someone outside the church told the church what to do with their money, you know, I'd be rich and we can go serve. No, the, the church... The church is meant to be moved to action. Yeah, I give to God because He's worthy of it, not because yeah. He needs it. I'm moved Amen. to do it because God is glorious. It's all His. I trust Him, and then He trusts me back. Well, now yeah. I give to those in need a cup of cold water, yep. a clothes to the cold, those who are in prison. Amen. I, I do that because I'm moved to action. I don't even yeah. have to think about it anymore. Yeah. I don't just criticize. Oh, this should be done. Yeah. This is what the church should do. This is what's wrong with the world. Yeah. I do Amen. something Amen. with it. I so that's what I mean by yeah, that. Yeah, which actually super excites me because uh, to be, uh, I'm thankful to be a part of a community that is actually experiencing that right now because mm-hmm. that's, that's, it's a little bit unique. Sad to say, I, I, I unfortunate to say of the church, um, but it's, it's unique and I'm excited to be a part of it. It is. It's, and I, you know, we are not better than anyone. There's one bride of Christ, and I just want to be united. I want to see the church thrive and move. That's what I mentioned earlier, hearing these rumblings of just something I've never seen in the church before, Mm -hmm. the Spirit of God moving, Mm -hmm. uh, pastors preaching with greater authority Mm. and boldness Mm -hmm. than we've ever seen before. And there's one of two things that happens is people rise up and they're equipped to be who God wants them to be, which is our dream this year, that we would equip the saints. Yeah. Or people remove themselves. They they can't sit under it. Mm. Paul talks about in these last days. Yeah. You know, people are, are gonna want their ears tickled. And if they're not tickled the way they want it tickled, they yeah. leave. And we've yeah. seen that at Journey. Oh, yeah. You know, when when we tried to call people to action in regards to their finances, people rejected it and they claimed one thing that was false. Yeah. They said, Oh, you've changed. The church has changed. Mm-hmm. No, actually what we've done is we've conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah. Jesus Amen. said you cannot serve both God and money. Yeah, absolutely. So if we're telling you that you've got to trust God with your finances and you see that as change, mm-hmm. not giving God glory, that's on you. Mm-hmm. We are not after your money. We don't yeah. need your money. We yeah. don't want your money. Yeah. We want to experience the fullness of what God has for the church. And the only way that happens is fully devoted, Absolutely. completely surrendered 100%. followers of Jesus Christ that say, I'm willing to do what Acts chapter two did, which is there's a need, and I'm, I'm going to sell it. what I have yep. and give a need. Amen. Now, somehow, we, we stop right there. It reminds me of the rich young ruler. Yeah. Uh, I'll go follow all the rules, but you can't touch my stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and people walk away sad, and we mm-hmm. saw that last year. Yeah. But I don't want to say I don't care. I was going to say, well, I don't care, but mm-hmm. I do care because it hurts, yeah. and it's hard, and it stings. It's like a, mm-hmm. every time someone leaves, it, it is hard, and it's it's heartbreaking. I deal with it differently than we used to mm-hmm. when we were younger, when yeah. we took it personal. This isn't personal, but no. it's still hard. But I'll tell you, for every person that leaves, it's like God sends two more. Yeah. God sends someone who's has a clean slate. They're unchurched. They're broken. They're hurt. They're far. They get saved. We yeah. get to deal with their baggage right away. Right. And now get to to yeah. ultimately disciple them on, on what does it yeah. really mean yeah. <laughs> to become a student of Jesus? Not right. a churchgoer, exactly. not an American Christian, Absolutely. you know, not a cultural. What does it really mean? And uh, man, that's a lot messier. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I would take that over religiosity, oh, over amen. Uh, Pharisees, over Sadducees, over yep. this scribe living of legalism. Yeah. Uh, and if amen. you don't know what any of those things mean, I'm just going to the New Testament, what Jesus faced. Just yeah. this, uh, this pressure. 
Yeah. From religious people, which by the yeah. way is real and it sucks. Yeah. And yeah. we call it the spirit of religion. Oh yeah. It's I, a demonic spirit yes. that tries to make you feel guilty that you're not doing what they want you to do yeah. when that's not the spirit of God. Yeah. The, the spirit of God will can convict you of your sin, but not shame you, mm-hmm. not guilt you to the point that you feel held back. The Holy Spirit convicts where you want to be set free and where, as you mentioned, that, that uh, is it 2 Corinthians 1 or 1 Corinthians 1, the Lord is spirit. Oh. Therefore, if the Lord is, is, yeah. is convicting you, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's, there's freedom. freedom. Amen. But the demonic spirit comes and shame, 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 yes. shame, shame. Yes. You're not. You should. This is what. And yes. that spirit sucks. Yes. And I've gotten plenty of emails. That, that spirit loves to email, Kara. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Amen. That spirit yes. rarely likes to look you in the eyes yeah, and say, I yeah. love you. Yeah. And I want to come alongside you. Yeah. And I want to pray mm. with you. And this is something I see in you because mm. that spirit is of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I wish that spirit would be a lot more at Journey Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the, mm. hey, let me email. And, and by the way, I don't get those that many emails, but when I do, they're nasty and uh, <laughs> they, they, they are not good, but I don't, it's not like I get them every week. Yeah. Uh, they just come periodically. I think what you're, what you're describing though, I would say, um, coming back to the, to our church, I could speak for our church because that's what I'm a part of or what, what we've, what we're a part of. Um, I, what I really love about it is that I think you've used this analogy before and it, and it came to me this last week because we got a text message from, um, a gal who's leading a rooted group with her husband. And also she's leading some of the women's groups. She's an amazing warrior. And she texted just to like, um, uh, just to con, I would say, um, say she stands with us, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is hard. Amen. This is hard. But, um, the beauty in it is that you've used this analogy before is that journey is like a hospital. So we, I, 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 I would want to say, well, welcome to the hospital, right? right? Like, this is what God, Jesus came for the sick, not for the well, right? So we're a hospital who's, who's helping to heal, um, and set on a trajectory of discipleship. Amen. Um, So, and once you're healed, you don't stay in the hospital. Exactly. Now you're a part of the army. Exactly. So we're going to send you out to the army, right? Come on. Yeah. So I guess what I say that to as an encouragement of what you're saying for every one or two Pharisee uh, that that is loud, um, there's there's we got 100 four saints and souls or that come yeah on, exactly come on. that come that just need a little bit of they need a little bit of Jesus or they need a lot of Jesus all of Jesus all of Jesus and then and then they join the army so praise God and that army cannot be stopped yes the army of God part, yes come on we are a part of the army of God we rise up as warriors Absolutely. more than conquerors we are the victors champions yeah. and not because of anything we do on our own strength all because of Jesus. Jesus Christ, praise Amen. God. Amen. And what, I mean, what a great team to be on. Yes. So I, I find myself in a season of thankfulness, yes. I think, even though it, some of these things are really hard, yes. it's also really, really, really beautiful to watch uh, uh, the church rise up and be the church. Come the on. hands and feet of Jesus be the hands and feet of Jesus. I, I'm really, really thankful for it. I agree. And that's when we know we're doing the work of God, like that text message you're referencing. Whenever we go through Rooted and these facilitators that take it serious, yeah, I believe they come to us 
with a heart of thanksgiving and gratitude. Yeah. And they say, oh, pastoring is hard. It really hard. Because yeah. here they're shepherding eight to 12 people. Yeah, right. And they say, this is messy. Yeah. Um, it, you take the burden on. Yeah. And you say, oh, what? how am I going to do it? What do we, oh, ah, because you, you can't just fix it. Yeah. You, you have to trust that person, the Lord, you have to lean in for wisdom. And I'm always so grateful because we, we've had Patrick and uh, Linda mm. um, who have done the same thing before. They've been mm -hmm. rooted facilitators. They've been yeah. friends of ours. And uh, every time they do rooted or, yeah. or they le lead somebody, you know, on this journey of transformation, which by the way, is our mission yeah. that we as a church would lead people on a journey of transformation, Jesus, not the pastors, not Keith and Kara, but yeah. we all, once Amen. we have Jesus, we help others. We lead others on this journey of transformation. But people like Patrick and Lynn, they come to us too and say, I don't know how you yeah, do it. Yeah. And the answer is, we don't do it. Yeah. We all do it. You yeah, know, Ephesians 4.12, we're here to equip you and we all go do the work of ministry. Yeah. We all come alongside other people. We all we don't do this alone. We need people in the hospitals. We need people in the courthouses. We need lots of people in the schools. Like we all go do Amen. the work of ministry. And yes. when we come alongside, we're better together. And it is hard and it is messy. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes it can be overwhelming because it, it's bigger than us. Right. You're you're wondering how is God gonna do this? Well, because God is God. Yeah. And in the moment you you can't even see what he's gonna do. But yeah. once you see it a few times, you're like yeah. he's gonna I, do it. I don't it. know what he's gonna do, but, but I know gonna he's gonna, gonna do, do it. it. And also something that I've been reflecting, I don't mean to get on a i I'm gonna go on a little rabbit trail here, but something that I've been reflecting on in my personal life is is um to the the hard times that I, that we've been through or that I've been through, um, uh, to to flip the script on it and and while I'm in it, rather than try and um, let it get me down or let it um, destroy me, mm -hmm. to actually look at it as as the the, the season of refining mm -hmm. and sanctifying that um, I would not be the same person on the other side of it had I not gotten through it. Praise God. And so it's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but it is something that I've been, I've been meditating on and mulling over of like actually not, not pushing away seasons of hard, Amen. but actually saying, thank you, God, for you, you clearly want to teach me something here. Yes. Um, because I've been through something like this, and while it's really, really hard, mm. in those seasons, I, I, I'll just give an example. I remember... Um, we were going through a season with one of our kids and I remember being in church, um, just literally so desperately in worship. Mm -hmm. So, so desperately desperate for Jesus to intervene in the situation that like all I could do was just worship him mm -hmm. with like a level that was in such desperation mm -hmm. that like, I would not have gotten there had I not gone through the hard time. Right. I wouldn't have gotten there. <laughs> it, it wasn't natural to worship with that intensity yes. in good times. No, it's yeah, like the it was hard times. A desperation leave for you, a real God yes. to really intervene, yes. to do what the scriptures say, to rescue, to redeem, to restore. Like, yeah. like we're, we're crying out, God, do this, do this, do this. And then when he's done it, and he's done it even a few times, you want to point other people to that. Exactly. And I guess that's where my heart was coming from. Of, seeing people because we there's there's just so much brokenness there's so, so much, much brokenness. brokenness there's so much brokenness in the world there's so much brokenness in our church mm -hmm. and seeing the people in the brokenness I, my heart just wants to say press into jesus Come lean on. into jesus Come he on. will 
if you get nothing else but him, that's enough. Don't give up now. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. keep your eyes on some solution. It's, it's, it's not a, a formula that a counselor is going to give you or doing the right things. It's it's the righteous God that intervenes. Yeah, and it's actually like what you have been telling me in 2024. Like, you know, we've been doing this 40 days of prayer and fasting. And, and mm-hmm. you know, what you've expressed to me is, is you've taken this a little bit more serious or in a different way than you have in the past. Yes. Meaning you are after the presence of God. Amen. More than anything else. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I think that's what I'm describing mm. is like um, using our desperation mm. um, to, to bring us to the feet of Jesus in a way that that is something other than what we could have experienced without it. Yes. Um, so I'll give a, just a little more insight to what I, I shared with you, Kara, and that is, you know, we, we both gave up our, our own, um, our, our own things for 40 days of prayer and fasting. Like there's a, a diverse range that people have given up everything from yeah. entertainment social media to um food items mm-hmm. if i can because no one just said i'm going to fast from food for 40 days yeah. we typically said what is something in your life that you typically do daily that you can give up and whenever you go to do that thing you give it to god mm-hmm. and in my case it's sugar and mm-hmm. alcohol they were both just things that i just weren't easy to uh, find comfort in you know that neither like people would look at me and say oh you're thin and I, I i don't drink to get drunk or nor do i ever get drunk but it was there was just things that just were become a natural part of my daily rhythms and i gave those things up and we're on day 11 today mm-hmm. and what i share with you is how how clever the enemy is to slip in something else to try to right. substitute that numbness and how the Lord has awakened my heart to that. Mm. How like in the case of point like social media, just numbing myself with it's cause social media, we can say that, but here's the reality behind social media is like inspiration with scriptures, the world news, yeah. uh, what my friends and family are doing. And so there's all these like captivating things, like entertainment, yeah. these dumb reels or goofy things you know, there's like a whole plethora. I mean, it's like, it's just, it's crazy what social media does. And so like I could just numb myself for minutes or much longer and not long and yearn for the spirit of God, pray to God, long for the presence of God. And what God has done in my heart is given me a conviction, a very healthy conviction to say, listen, if you're going to give up something, don't substitute that something for Mm, something else. Yeah. Come after me, go after my presence. And it's been really humbling. And I guess the humbling is, this is just me confessing and I hope repenting is how weak my flesh is. Yeah. How I go after things that I see, feel, experience versus the person I can't see, which is God. Yeah. And it is not a natural part to just yearn for God. So I've been trying to start every day, starting my day off saying, Jesus, Jesus, I just want your presence today. Spirit of God, please fill me, go before me. So, so that, that's what I, I've been learning on day 11. If I could summarize it, how weak I am, yeah. how strong the flesh is, my yeah. old habits, my old rhythms, just to try to numb life. If you numb it, Life is still there. So it's better to confront life right. and say, Lord, you be my rest. Lord, yes. you Amen. be the one that refreshes me. Lord, you be my focus. Help me understand you instead of just saying, oh, 
I'm too tired to read the Word of God right now. I don't know if I could focus on prayer. You know, the, the, those are that's a lazy faith. Yeah. And it's easy to slip into that. And I, I'm just confessing that today. So we, we hope to anyone listening, you're doing 40 days of prayer and fasting. If you're not, start with us today. Yeah. It wouldn't be 40 days, but from this moment... We're going to go till February 18th, yep. and then we're going to break this on the 18th. It doesn't mean we're going to break prayer. It doesn't mean we even need to break fasting. What we mean by that is we're going to celebrate what has God done yeah. and prayerfully continue in the habits and rhythms mm-hmm. of praying and fasting mm-hmm. and making that a priority of our lives. Yeah. That's why we started this year off doing this. We're praying. We're fasting. We're saying we're putting God as a priority in our lives, mm-hmm. Amen. Which, which is a good thing. Yeah. Well, Kara, this has been good once again. Yeah. Good to get together with our friends, wherever you are, however you listen. And we're grateful for so many of you that connect with us. It's been just, we've said this before, but it's so humbling Mm -hmm. that we get to actually engage with you all. That when you text us, you tell us on Sundays, you email us, you DM us somehow, some way. Yeah. Uh, We're so grateful because many of us, we're, we're doing life together. And the way the Holy Spirit works, that even if you get a nugget, out of just this open conversation. We don't come with notes or anything. We just literally, we pray before every podcast, say, God, would you be with us? And then we just hit the record button. And we're just wildly surprised that God could somehow use our (laughs) lives um, to to impact your life. Because we're telling you, if God can use us, He can use you. And we've seen God in the good. We've seen God in the bad. We've seen God in the ugly. He, He is not a God that ignores those things, walks away from those things. Rather, he meets you in those moments. And that's what this is about. We want to give all glory to God. Ephesians 1 actually says that. Praise be to God. How does it say? I bet you I can open it up real quick. How about we end with that today, Kara? Unless, do you have any final thoughts that you didn't get out on this podcast today? I don't think so. We covered quite a bit. We did. We covered the great freeze. And the great defrost. <laughs> right. I feel like that's... Well, we're still in the middle of the great thaw or yes. defrost. It's, uh, the ground is still pretty frozen. It is still a, a little frozen. It's defrosting. And it reminds me of our lives. You know, tomorrow we're going to have church. And I just got the revelation. It's, it's been freezing. It's time for some fire. Yeah, amen. And it's coming tomorrow. With, with heat comes, comes a defrost. You yeah. can't stay frozen. Yeah. So if, that's if, good. if your faith is cold right now, you need some fire. Right. So I'd say make sure you're in church. Make sure you get into God's word. Um, our God, the scriptures say in the book of Hebrews, is an all-consuming fire. Yes. And so if you're cold right now, just get near the heat. It's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which means in some sense what we're saying is we praise him for his glory. We're, we're giving him the glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a spiritual language that we, we would miss over, but it's saying I'm blessing God for his glory. I'm pointing him to his glory. So Ephesians 1, 6 is what I pray over you today, that you would know the greatness of who God is to the praise of his glorious grace, that he would get the glory. Amen. Because of his grace, he would get the glory. You would pray. Praise Him. It's what you mentioned earlier, even in the dark times, yeah. in the hard times, when you don't know what He's going to do, you praise Him even greater. Yeah. You lean into the Lord. You don't leave the Lord. You lean in. 
press in. Man, God is so good. Let me just pray for us today. Lord, I thank you for this time today, and now I just ask that none of it would be wasted. We would be encouraged and even equipped to become the saints that you've called us to be, that we'd raise up as an army mm -hmm. of God to lead those who are headed straight to hell, that we'd stand before them for Jesus. You said that, that not even the gates of hell will prevail against your church. That is offensive. We're going against the gates. We're storming the gates, and we're going after those who, who are far from you and saying, God, we want them to know your hope. Yeah. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you've done. We've been redeemed by your blood because of that help us to live in that authority that we are forgiven. We are saints. We are born again. We get to be new creations set apart for your goodwill and your purpose. May we understand who we are in your eyes, that we are a royal priesthood, that we are no longer who we used to be. We've, we've been chosen. We've been taken from darkness and we've been brought into your marvelous light. Oh God, for that today, I want to just thank you. I want to praise you. And I just pray that you would set your church on fire today in the mighty name of Jesus. We love you for this time today in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the journey of confessions of a pastor. Please hit subscribe and rate. We are better together. See you next time.